Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first Meta Farmer Finance Podcast. I am, of course, your host, Murdoch. We have our co-host with us here, Coins Catcher. And today, we actually have a very, very special guest. Uh, help us uh, join in Coop and Leo from FIF. Um, welcome, guys, to the podcast. I'm, I'm very interested to, to learn more about your guys' project, what you guys got going on today. But if you could kind of give us like just a brief introduction or, uh, or background into to who you guys are, and then we'll kind of dive into what FIF is and, and how you guys got started, if, if we could do that. Yeah, my name's Coop. Uh, I've been in crypto for a couple of years now, uh, speculating, learning about ETH from maybe 2017 on. And then uh, most recently joined and actually got involved in projects with Pangolin and Dex on Avalanche. I was running digital marketing there for a couple of months and uh, saw NFTs and GameFi really starting to take off and had an opportunity to join Fief Guild and um, really participate more on the, the GameFi side. So uh, joined maybe two months ago and been having a blast ever since. Happy to talk about it. It's amazing. How about you, Coop? Hey, uh, hey guys, this is Leo. I'm the head of growth at Fief Guild. Um, it's great to be on this podcast with Metafarmer. Excited to have a chat. Uh, building on Avalanche for about a year, most notably, I was the COO at Pangolin Exchange. Coop was also working with me on that project. Um, and then recently joined Fief Guild, uh, you know, very bullish on the Metaverse GameFi thesis that it's going to be this next wave of adoption. So we're trying to just be the central economic hub for GameFi activity here um, on the Avalanche network and, and on other chains as well. So really excited to be on and have this talk. Thanks for having us. Cool, guys. Well, welcome. Uh, well, definitely welcome to uh, to the podcast here. And I, and I think that, uh, that that narrative for like just GameFi in general, the narrative that's kind of um, building out now is, is one of the reasons why you know, you know, we got started as well. Um, so we're obviously very bullish on the overall GameFi um, ecosystem and the metaverse and, and all that stuff as well. But if you guys could maybe give me like a, a little bit of insight into um, into FIF and if you could kind of explain, because I know that even myself, like going through all of your guys' content and trying to explore all the information to learn about the project that I could, um, you know, it's definitely a lot of stuff to take in. So could you kind of give us like a, like a high level view of, of FIF and, and like how you guys got started into, uh, into that. Yeah, there's a lot. The, the docs are in depth and you know, something that I think people are getting used to forks and like, it, it's very easy to just look at a new project and be like, Oh, it's, it's a fork of this and they've done X, Y, Z that's different. And it's nice and easy to understand. Well, we're not a fork and you know, we're something really new. So there's a lot to, to grasp. But the, the key takeaways are that we want to be the economic guild of the metaverse. And what that means is we want to acquire assets in the metaverse and have our guild make those valuable, do whatever needs to be done to make them productive. And then number two, we, we build protocols around metaverse and GameFi assets. And so what that really means is like, you know, we have NFT marketplaces, we have DEXs, we have all of these DeFi tools but none of them are geared towards GameFi and geared towards gamers. And as we see a lot of adoption in that realm, we see opportunities to make specific tools for these people that, that really fit them better than the general market can. 
And then we use our assets that we've acquired to jumpstart those protocols, essentially. So kind of outside of FIF, what does the current landscape for guilds look like? So I see you guys are the first to introduce the word economic guild in this space. Um, but we obviously know about you know various other guilds in this space. So what are like the specific reasons an economic guild is different to a you know YGG or a merit circle or something like that? Yeah, I can take that one. This is Leo. So um, you know YGG and merit circle they're they're obviously doing great things, pioneering the space, um, getting great adoption in all the games that they participate in. Uh, they, they seem to lean more heavily on this scholarship-based model. And by scholarships, I mean, uh, you know, they they get players and they, they match them with other asset owners from the games so that people can kind of play without owning the assets. And the value they bring to projects is, you know, we'll, we'll bring you 5,000, 10,000 scholars to play your game. And that's really awesome. Um, I kind of saw that space is a little saturated with that business model. Um, scaling is a bit harder too, as you, as you ramp up the number of scholars you have in your ecosystem. So we're coming at it from, um, kind of the other end of not really looking at accruing scholar players, but more, um, you know, accruing high value assets in our treasury, uh, building protocols that can, you know, drive, uh, volumes in terms of those assets between chains, between games, and things like that. So we're really focused more on the asset acquisition side. Uh, we also want to build a pretty good uh, knowledge base in terms of gaming guides. Uh, you know, right now, um, as a gamer in GameFi, you're just hopping between Discords and Twitters and listening to YouTube, and it's uh, it's hard to find a central spot, at least on the Avalanche network. And we, we've built out the FIF library to really provide that central hub for trusted, safe knowledge about games. Um, so I hope that kind of answers that question. And I'd add on, like, if you think about it from a, a business perspective and a strategy perspective, like scholarship guilds are the most popular right now. They're, they're the main type of guild out there. But what it comes down to is you're managing people, like you're managing a, a large number of people that are coordinating their efforts on a certain game and managing assets in that. It's really inefficient. When it comes to like a profitability standpoint and you're constantly having to recruit more people uh, to the guild to to run these games and so by focusing on the economic aspect and especially protocols it is a lot more hands-off and a lot more profitable in the long run so uh, we see we see the huge benefit of that yeah no it's, it's quite interesting because i agree with the idea and notion that it's hard to find an ever-expanding um, levels of scholars to play some of these games, especially when it's easier to find scholars in some countries, such as Axie Infinity predominantly grew out of the Philippines, where um, players were noting that, you know, they were making more money from Axie Infinity than some of the, you know, kind of local jobs that they had in their local areas and things like that. So I think it's quite interesting, but you do eventually get this kind of like new player problem where you really do need new players into the ecosystem for it to continue to grow. But it's interesting. I do think it's an interesting segue into towards the kind of like farmer faction you have, but maybe before that you guys can give an outline of like, you know, what factions are, how does, like what does FIF look from someone first entering your discord and exploring what FIF is to actually getting involved and, you know, joining 
in on it, like, you know, a faction or buying an NFT. So what does it look for just a day one person? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, we have this faction system, so let's start there because um, that's going to be what you do after day one, essentially. So uh, factions are the way you partake in in Fief Guild as a true member is is purchasing a actual faction NFT, and so that's your key to guild membership. And um, they're actually not out yet; they're launching in early March. We've had a lot of reservations for these. Uh, essentially, anyone purchasing a, a large amount has been able to do so, but they don't actually own the NFT yet. So these faction NFTs are split into five categories. You mentioned the farmer, the bishop, alchemist, craftsman, and merchant. And each faction plays a slightly different role and is tied to different protocols in the guild. And so the farmer is our our most in-game active faction. If you are a person who really does want to play games and be active in the metaverse, then you would consider buying a, a farmer faction NFT. And what that's going to do for you is, first off, you're going to work al alongside the other farmers to go in-game and make sure that all of our in-game assets are becoming as valuable as possible through gameplay. But more importantly, probably, you're you're your rewards are going to be tied back to that in-game activity and going to be focused on in-game items um, as your rewards. So that, that NFT actually provides tokens to you directly over 200 days, fief tokens, and then additionally will be filled up with you know, farmer-specific rewards that we acquire over, over time. So each faction is built out in that way to match with a certain activity, like Bishops are, are really all about tokens and fungible assets. And yeah, I won't go through all of them, but that's that's the key idea behind uh, guild membership is that you're part of this group. Um, and then if you want to get started with Fief Guild right now, you come into Discord and it's pretty open. Like it's really a place that you can come and learn about all sorts of games, especially on Avalanche and just participate, have fun talking about NFTs, GameFi, learning. But in the near future, uh, the main way that you're going to do it is buying one of these NFTs and using Collabland, that's going to open up all the private guild membership areas um, that really over time, more of the alpha that we've been sharing is going to go into those private areas uh, to make it just super valuable for our holders. Any questions? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just kind of curious, like, <clears throat> like, that sounds awesome. And I'm, from like, from my point of view, I'm just curious how like you guys go about, you know, selecting like the new projects or projects that you are looking to invest in with, uh, with FIF and, and, and how you like, kind of manage that, um, that aspect of it too. Yeah, Leo, do you want to give that answer? Yeah, yeah. As for um, you know, treasury management, treasury deployment. Um, I think that's one of the our specialties and one of the services we offer the guild is that um, you know we ourselves and people that we will work with uh, will specialize in identifying unique opportunities in metaverse asset acquisition, um, trying to build out these OTC inroads with 
directly with game partners, uh, with other guilds, so that we can get good deals on these assets. And then, you know, finally figuring out how to drive revenues through these assets, monetizing them, whether it be playing the games with them, uh, building lending protocols around them, and things like that. Um, as for specific games, you know, we're, we're keeping a close pulse on the ever-evolving landscape. You know, like uh, something that was uh, lucrative one month ago might not be lucrative anymore this month. Um, you know, since we just finished our fundraising round, we're not at the stage of deploying the treasury into any metaverse assets yet, uh, particularly given the recent market conditions. So we do have an eye on a couple of networks. You know, we're bullish on, uh, you know, networks that can sustain the AAA games that will inevitably come to the GameFi space. Uh, you know, the, the current games, they're fun, but I, I don't know if they're AAA material yet, but we know it's coming. And so we want to be positioned well to capture that. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting you said that the current games are fun because that's quite a big debate within the GameFi space in terms of, there is a lot of idle questing going on on some of these different platforms and the actual game mechanics of some games, even, you know, the axes out there um, have been told or claimed not to be fun. Um, would you say, like, there would be a fun element to Thief? And, like, how would that look? Well, I have a strong opinion on on this in that people have really focused in on a certain type of fun for this GameFi debate. And you know they're they're thinking of it as comparing it to traditional gaming and yeah. in, in the action fun. Yeah. But humans love to problem solve. Like that, that's a core aspect of our identity is is problem solving. Mm-hmm. So it's why we have so much technology now. And what these games currently offer is a bunch of problem solving. And like if you look at Crabita, yes, you could just buy a crab and click the buttons. That's like the most basic form. And maybe you'd argue that that's not super entertaining, but at its depth and, you know, it's adding more things towards this, but the deepest part is all of the identifying traits and variables that can improve your performance in the game. And really that's problem solving and that is fun and enticing to people. So that's my argument is that it might not be the traditional type of fun that you're used to for games, but there is a fun element in some of this around problem solving. Um, for Fief, I'd say it's it's similar. Like we're giving people a lot of ways to think about Fief and to kind of strategize around which faction do they want to be a part of. And there's levels within that. Like, do you want to have one uncommon tier NFT of all the factions so that you're getting exposure to different protocols that we're going to build over time? Or do you really want to heavy up on one faction and and go hard on like fungible tokens and be a part of the Bishop faction? So right now I'd say that's the fun aspect of FIF. But the other aspect that's great about FIF is that because we're not doing a scholarship guild model, we do have the opportunity to look at every game. You know, we're not tied to a single game. And so that's the most fun to me is that if you come into our Discord, you have conversations going about every cool game on Avalanche. And we have no bias towards a single game at this point because we don't we don't own any assets. But even when we do, I think we're going to be a little more open. And so it's a fun place to chat about games, most importantly. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'd actually be interested on that note to know 
if you both weren't part of like, you know, the core and founding team, where do you, you know, based on your game fire kind of like histories and talents, like which faction do you think you'd be a part of? Great question. I'd be a farmer and I'm buying a farmer faction NFT as well outside of my uh, allocation from from working at the guild. I'm, I'm putting my own money in. And I've always been a gamer, like a straight up, I, I play games. So I think that's the, the coolest nice. part to me is like going in and actually being a part of the metaverse and like games like Imperium Empires have me really excited for that. Um, I, so that's my take. Yeah, for me, I, I joined the uh, Craftsman faction, um, <laughs> which handles in-game item activity. Uh, just based on the games I've been engaged with uh, for the past few months here, um, I'm pretty big into Krabata, which is like uh, gameplay similar to Axie. There's breeding, there's battling. And uh, the whole breeding aspect of these games, I think it's pretty genius of giving them DNA traits, um, crafting tokenomics around breeding fees. Um, you know, there's, there's so many strategies um, to breeding in, in these various games in the GameFi space. Uh, it takes a lot of research, uh, market analysis, trend analysis to really optimize. And I find that fun in the sense that it's engaging and rewarding when you get it right. Not necessarily that I get like dopamine hits every hour from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I mean, so that it would be interesting to know like the mechanics of everything then. So like you just said, imagine, let's just say one of the games you guys are, you know, focused on is Krabada. And so you have the breeding aspect and the farming aspect, sorry, the um, battling aspect. What would you say, like, would you say that the people holding the NFTs and tokens would be doing this themselves or would they be suggesting to the guild, this is the action I think we should take on this? To start, it's going to be fairly centralized. Mm -hmm. It's going to be, uh, you know, a small group of people that are essentially elected by the core team to to lead some of these efforts and tell us what to do. Okay. And over time, especially as the guild gets really big, you know, we're going to decentralize that and create like essentially sub DAOs to manage it on their own. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm guessing rewards would be shared between the factions as like just a blanket share, like um, depending on how much of an NFT you hold, or is there going to be extra boosts for, let's say you come up with a new Krabada strategy and it's, you know, highly revenue generating for the guild i think there's going to be individual rewards for that type of contribution um it, it's probably going to be extra you know beyond what what they would receive naturally and i'd also like to say like at the beginning especially as we are starting out the rewards that we accrue um might not naturally fit into every single faction you know um we might be heavy on fungible tokens at the start. And so we don't want, but we don't want people to worry about like, oh, well, if I'm a part of the faction, uh, the farmer faction, am I really going to get the same level of rewards as the bishop at the start? Mm. That's our, our goal. Like we're going to make that happen regardless of the productivity of the treasury and like where that comes from. It, the goal is to make sure that every faction feels that they really receive a lot of benefit out of holding. And, and you guys kind of alluded to um, the uh, the release of like the, the IGM NFTs coming in, in March, right? But can you kind of give us like a, a further look at what your guys' roadmap looks like? Or is that still kind of uh, more fluid as things start to develop? 
Yeah, we can give you um, kind of a peek into the vision here. Um, so the next phase of our launch is the public sale of the IGM NFTs, opening up our marketplace portal for that. Uh, building, out, building out a pretty cool marketplace. Like Coop said, it's specific to GameFi assets. So it doesn't just have this kind of generic NFT, art NFT look and feel. You know, it's going to be very specific to games. Um, and then after that, we're trying to focus on kind of this uh, internal guild economy that we want to build out. We, we kind of want the protocols and the economy internally to be at a certain level so that, uh, you know, we can be running regardless of are we in a bull or are we in a bear. Um, we still want uh, the guild to be buzzing internally. So uh, after that's at a good point, we can start to look externally. Uh, you know, where do we start deploying capital to? What metaverses do we want to get into first? Uh, obviously, we want to be kind of selective to start and then and then scale that up. Yeah, I totally understand. And I, I think that that is a that is one challenge that uh, you know I know that that we face uh, just making sure that we're able to, to get into the, the right types of projects. So being able to, um, to kind of really down, dial, dial in our process on like what we're looking for, uh, you know, is definitely super important to us. Um, but like I said, that's, that's kind of like one of the, the challenges that, that we face, right? Um, what, are, what are some of your guys' like hardest challenges that, that you guys have faced, you know, so far? It's a great question. Give me a second. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I can go first. Um, you know, challenges are, um, I think, one just um, having to kind of be super flexible in our game plan. Um, you know, essentially when this was ideated, uh, maybe a few months ago, back in December, uh, there, you know, there are certain games and metaverses that we were looking at that we thought by by now would be a great time to deploy into, and then you know. The market does its thing. The, the you know macroeconomics does its thing. Um, the macro economy. Um, so you know we we pivot and the long term vision I don't think changes is just building this uh, central economic hub for games, but just uh, you know priorities of each month uh, kind of has to be very flexible um, as we're in our uh, starting weeks of building. Um, and then secondly, like Coop touched on before, just explaining to people getting very clear messaging out about our vision, what we're trying to build. You know, crypto is already complex enough. GameFi is another level of complexity. Gaming guilds are another level of complexity. And then, you know, what we're trying to build, like a new flavor of the guild, uh, it just adds more, even more complexity. So just getting our messaging right, uh, I think with any DeFi project is really important. And how big is your team at the moment then? Um, yeah, we're we're definitely growing. Um, I'd say on kind of the you know, business strategy marketing side, um, got around four or five people. Um, on the engineering side, uh, maybe six or seven between developers, UX designers, uh, and then we have a few great artists as well. And how did like the core team come together? Like, how yeah, how did you guys all meet and decide this is what you want to do? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I actually met the founders um, when I was working at Pangolin, you know, working for Adex as their COO, just meeting a ton of projects every week. Um, and 
so I, I got to meet them back then. And then uh, when I left Pangolin, we, we synced up again just to, for networking. And they told me about their vision for a new type of guild. And uh, it was very appealing to me. Um, I thought they had uh, you know, the right type of vision to position themselves well for this next wave of metaverse adoption. Uh, I was very bullish on GameFi, just a personal level at the time. And it was a really good opportunity. Um, and so that was a great partnership to take their network, um, their skills, their background, combine it with kind of Coop and I's network on Avalanche and our, our skills here and uh, really just create a premier gaming guild experience. And I, I essentially followed on to, to Leo after working at Pangolin. It was becoming super clear that GameFi was the next wave of excitement and having this opportunity to pivot more closely into it just spoke to me. So I joined. <laughs> Um, and you guys had a really successful launch on Trader Joe's recently. Um, and it was like actually really cool to just see it go live and, you know, you guys choosing that mechanic. So I wanted to actually ask, like, what was the thought, like, take us through the launch. Like, what was the thought process on choosing it? I know you moved away from the Olympus style model. Um, it's definitely the right decision to do. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to know, you know, why you guys chose to go through the Trader Joe rocket launch. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I think Rocket Joe is definitely trying to solve a tough problem. The problem being when projects initially list their token on a DEX and create the LP, so many things that can go wrong. Um, bots can buy it up immediately, and then uh, you know, actual retail does not get any tokens at a good price. Um, someone can front run you to that LP creation, and it becomes very tough to actually add the uh, project's liquidity. Um, and just the perception of fairness and timing and all that. So Rocket Joe and a few other uh, solutions are coming. I think Dexlot's building something like that too. But but that's one of the primary reasons is we wanted a smooth way to add our liquidity onto a Dex. Um, secondly, uh, you know we think it's a great partnership to have, a good ally to have, you know, Trader Joe being uh, one of the largest Dexes in the space, uh, you know, with their expertise and marketing power and community reach. They have a great community. Um, and then, you know, I think it's just awesome that, uh, you know, we get to work with them since we were on Pangolin, we were like directly competing. Now we're pretty close to them after talking through Rocket Joe. And uh, they definitely have a smart team. They had their quant really talk us through, okay, we should be doing this many tokens in the sale and we should be expecting the price to end up around this price. And we end up right at the floor of where we want it to be. Um, I think our target was around 20 cents by the time that ended and we hit like 19 or 20 cents. So it went really well in our perspective. Obviously the market took a tank <laughs> immediately after, but uh, you know we're, we're still sitting in a good spot in terms of kind of uh, thief to AVAX, that ratio. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love that. And, and I really like what, uh, what Trader Joe's doing too with the, with the rocket Joe stuff. Um, but can you guys, can you guys kind of like walk through what the, like the under underlying utility of the, of the thief token is? Sure. Coop, do you want a chance to answer this one or you want me to take it? Yeah, I can do it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So it's essentially three, three different pieces of utility. Um, 
number one, it's a representation of the productivity of our assets and essentially the, the productivity of our assets and our protocols will go back to the FIF token. And we'll be using it to, to rebuy FIF paid out to our IGM holders and our FIF stakers. Um, so a lot of that is not yet live, but when the marketplace goes live in early March, that's when that will really start to begin. Uh, it will also be used as a currency within the FIF ecosystem. So uh, especially at the start, when we're working on this uh, gamified launch where there's going to be a lot of assets that are specific to FIF. And I think FIF, the token itself, will be likely used in in that economy to start. And then over time, it'll, it'll be more heavily used in like purchasing upgrades to your faction NFTs and uh, building your character on our protocols. So I'd say, I think those are the main three ones. So currency in the ecosystem, uh, basically all of our productivity of assets and protocols goes back to funding FIF essentially. And I think that's it. What did I, did I miss anything, Leo? No, I think you nailed it. Nice job. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the protocol side of things and like just the idea of building protocols on top of games. Is there a way you can kind of like give a potential example, um, maybe something that you are going to do or maybe something that, you know, you could do um, that's just being thought about of what a protocol on top of a game looks like and how users interact with it? Well, the, the biggest thing is, and I'm not sure if this aligns exactly with what you're asking, but GameFi assets are just different than general NFT assets, right? Like a crab isn't just an NFT crab that you look at and you don't really need an explanation on everything behind it. It's with GameFi, there's so much more to it. So just adding that on and, and having researchers behind all of the listings that happen on our NFT marketplace to give really valuable information around what is the yield of this crab? Like, tell me about the stats, tell me about the factions, like give give a user everything they might need to make a decision on buying that GameFi NFT that really doesn't apply to a PFP or like an art, a piece of art. Um, so that's the most obvious win is just more information that goes into the, the game itself on, a, on an NFT marketplace. Um, we're not at this stage actually looking to like be inside of games or directly on top of games. Uh, it's more of like, how can we add value to something uh, that sort of exists like an NFT marketplace? It just doesn't do everything that a game by asset marketplace could. I would definitely agree with that. Um, just on the way you can break down different strategies and what's available in games. And because games i mean we've just heard we just saw krabada um implement their faction update so it's like the fact that a lot of these games are fast moving and then you have like you know individual players who aren't able to afford like you know a certain amount of crabs or a certain amount of axes or you know uh, legion and magic or treasure um it's interesting to like know that there could be a potential place for someone to keep on top of these things and be able to like take advantage of those strategies um, on, on some of these metaverse assets that you guys have spoken about, um, and I know you haven't um, put the treasury to work just yet, 
or you did mention in a previous um, AMA that I'd listened to that you guys are looking to work with key partners to secure OTC deals. Um, so hoping to secure these assets better than tre- like market rate. Um, I'd be interested to know like how you're going about that and also to any of those guys potentially listening, like why should they, you know, give fee for better than market deal on some of these assets? Yeah, I can take that one. Um, I think OTC benefits both parties. I'm talking about Thief Guild and another guild or another project. Uh, more on the fungible token side, like the in-game tokens. Usually these games start with a huge treasury of their kind of in-game currency or if they're like a multi-token system. Uh, and sometimes they need to you know, swap that for funds, for stables, for another token. And to do that on a DEX, dump it on the market, it's not good optics. Um, at the size that they want to do it, it'll probably have a large impact on the price. So to just have open channels um, for OTC um, for these projects at large scale, you know, they, they get to swap their tokens uh, you know, for something else without impacting the market rate of that token. And then we also get to acquire that token for a treasury uh, you know, at a better rate than market. So I, I think uh, OTC channels happen all the time, not just in game five, but you know, uh, at the DeFi level too. And we just want to kind of provide that service for projects and guilds. Yeah, and I think that uh, that that's very uh, that's a very smart way and, and, and like tactic to to go about it. Um, curious though, like outside of outside of FIFA, right? Like, what are your guys's? Let's just talking about Game Five and what your personal opinions are. But what are your guys's favorite plays like in your personal portfolios in terms of Game Five for for this year or, or what you guys are doing right now? Sure, I can go first. Um, you know, we've been talking about Kerbata a lot. Um, I, I do think that it's going to do well. I think this next, you know, wave of games um, that kind of takes an existing model and iterates on top of it, especially when they're building on a on a growing network, are going to do well. Uh, I think some networks that are gaming specific uh, can be pretty hot. Uh, you know, I, I do like Gala Network. Uh, it's like a gaming specific network that's got some uh, high profile game developers building there um, I do like Avalanche in terms of subnets I know DeFi Kingdoms is coming um, to launch in a subnet here meaning they get to control uh, kind of the gas costs and a lot of parameters around transactions to make it very cheap and fast to play so um, I'm also uh, pretty big on space games uh, just Thematically, I, I love space games. Uh, maybe this isn't more an investment thing, but just on a personal level, I would love to cruise around in a spaceship all day. And <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, totally. But yeah, what about you guys? Um, I was going to throw it over to Leo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so Imperium Empires for that space game aspect is, is definitely on my list. I have a fair amount of holding in that. And... I like it personally because because of Eve Online. So if you've if you're a gamer, um, probably heard of that. It's been like a decades long running space game that uh, has a lot of similar similarities to Imperium Empires, and I think uh, just seeing how well that worked from an economic standpoint, and people invested so many hours and, and a lot of money into 
that game, which had no real ownership over assets and, and was really lacking all of the, the crypto parts, but still drew in all of that interest. So I see a huge opportunity for Imperium to fill a similar role. And really it's Avalanche. Avalanche itself right now is a big play because because of the subnets that Leo was talking about. Um, I see it as a great home for GameFi. And really because if you look at all of the games currently, they produce so many transactions that they're clogging networks. Like DeFi Kingdoms is a beast. And on Harmony, it, you know, it actually causes problems for the network because of all the transactions. And by having subnets, it's just going to be an amazing tool for games that I don't think they currently even know they need, but is going to is going to be super beneficial. So that's big on my list. That's pretty cool. Um, I know Koo passed us. Um, I'm pretty interested in personally in Treasure, um, the Magic ecosystem. Um, I'm just quite into how they're building it out um totally um so i've been playing around just a little bit in the bridge world um looking to see what they're going to be doing in life um and also i know like the small brains nft as well has been looking um pretty interesting but i do kind of like i like the team hanging out in the discord um we scooped up a few auxiliaries for our um treasury and we're just testing out a few different strategies there um trying to think if there's any others that i've been looking into um we recently scooped up a new game called Tank Wars. Um, so this one's like a bit of a smaller play um, just to test it out and see how it goes. But it is pretty interesting. Um, and essentially, it's kind of like a war, tank war zone type of game. They have a battle royale mode and they have a few different modes as well. They actually have like a mini game on their website you can play now, which is, I mean, if you if you win it, which is incredibly hard to do so, um, you get rewarded in some of the tokens, um, I think up to like 100K or something like that. I think very few people have won it. It's like, I think you're playing against computer. It's one of those like Candy Crush style things to make your battle moves. Um, but that's pretty interesting. And the last one I'm looking quite into is Dapper Dinos at the moment. So it's only in the PFP mode right now. Um, but we know that they're like, their team were hardcore Axie players and Krabada players. They know everything about a dual token ecos- um, like um, tokenomic system. And yeah, we, we've had like some good conversations with them. It just seems like they're potentially building something interesting. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. I think we hear that a lot about treasure and um, that ecosystem. Looking forward to that. <laughs> How about you, Madoff? Yeah, and I think that I think that since coins, I think that you know, since we spend so much time together in, in the team, like chatting about all these stuff, like of course my interests are going to be very much similar to uh, to what you're doing or what you just kind of talked about, but. But really, like if we talk about um, tank wars, like you mentioned, uh, for me, what what kind of pulled me in is the like the UI and just like the overall mm-hmm. like playability to, playability of it. And I think it's I think it's very interesting to see how new projects or, or new game five projects are going to be um, like the developing the actual gameplay to bring more users that are not already in kind of uh, the GameFi space or even in crypto really um, and using that to attract like people into to the space and overall grow the GameFi space. So that's what I'm super interested in um, is stuff like that. And then like more on the DGen side, I also like these uh, like the like the um, the wolf forks and, and stuff like that where people are trying to kind of um, build on top of that and change 
uh, make corrections where they where they need to be made and and stuff like that, right? So um, I know that that's not for necessarily everybody, but for for me, it's something that uh, that I like to uh, to look into too and, and check out these uh, these new projects that are trying to you know expand on what was and uh, and kind of push into the future. Of course, like I love the the Kerbata stuff as well. I think really like how I even first found out about um, about you guys like was finding the um, like your strategy guys on, on the website and stuff like that. And really like diving deep into, to that stuff. And then, you know, not only using that, but really understanding like how complex, like some of these games are. Um, and, and, and that's why I think that, you know, what you guys bring to the table is, is super valuable and, and being able to, to help other people, you know, jump into uh, these games and, um, and do it correctly. Right. Yeah. It's been huge. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have said that that's how they found us. So it's it's definitely something we're leaning into. And I just want to comment on the, the Wolf game forks. It's, I think it's a lot, it's pretty healthy, like the way that um, a lot of the forks have actually adapted. Like there's certainly some forks that are pure fork and there's like nothing new about it. But I've been impressed with how many of them actually do push the whole idea forward. And it's, I feel like with the Ohm Fork kind of era, we didn't see that as much. It was like, yeah, we're an Ohm Fork. Give us your money. But with the, the Wolf Game Forks, it's actually something new each time, which I like. Yeah, it's, I mean, I totally, I totally agree. Um, and it's good. I think it's, I think it's overall good for for the space too, right? Is is um, you know taking something that's already existing and and trying to build on top of that, um, and that's just going to continue to push GameFi. Um, further into the future, right? As people start to innovate and add things, um, you know, based on what was, like I was saying, and and uh, and pushing that into the future, I think is kind of exciting to uh, to follow along to to those things as well. Totally. I think it'd be interesting to know because we spoke about games that we are interested in and we like. What you guys think are the downfalls or pitfalls? that some games in the current GameFi ecosystem see? Um, and like, is there any like specific type of tokenomics you've seen that you don't like or would be like an instant, okay, we're going to stay away from that just because it's it just doesn't work? That's a good question. I think I have more personal opinions than, you know, real guild opinions. Uh, and on the guild stage, like we're, we're looking at bit bigger opportunities, right? Like that's the that's the main thing is, um, not something that's brand new and it, it has shown a lot of potential for mass adoption. And most, I think probably most importantly is triple a like real game experience. That is uh, I think more traditionally fun. So that's, that's what we're looking for on the guild side. Personally um, I think it's a bit different and it's, it's a tough balance not so much about tokenomics, but about hype and about how much they're really putting out. And hype is so important in crypto and, and making sure that people are excited about your project. But being able to actually pay it off is obviously extremely important. And so I'm always just trying to see beyond the hype and, and see how much real detail they're putting out and how much real game they're putting out. Um, so it's not something tangible, but it's something that I really consider a lot. Would you say there's any like, tri- like would you call any games right like today a AAA game? There are some on 
gala that actually I think the, like the main one I'm thinking of is not actually out yet, but it's it's The Walking Dead. Um, you know, it's like a real uh, IP with huge following, and it, it will be like a AAA game. Immediately, I would say probably not. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> probably would agree. Um, yeah, I think the last question for me then actually would be just in terms of crypto, like what do you guys think or on a personal level was like the biggest mistake you've ever made? Like this could be something like, I don't know, sending like, you know, a large amount of money to a wrong wallet or something like that. Yeah, for me, it was um, kind of just back in like March 2020 when COVID first started and everything was tanking. I was like, oh man, I don't think crypto is going to make it. Like everything's looking pretty bad right now. And I dropped a lot of uh, a lot of tokens that I wished I would have had today. <laughs> uh, so I'm never going to doubt if crypto is going to make it. I, I know it's going to be here forever now. <laughs> I mean, are you stabled up right now then, or are you just holding everything through it? Um, maybe half and half. I'm I'm trying not to uh, you know try to be too smart with all these moves. Okay. I'm zero stables, proudly. <laughs> just just rolling through this thing. Um, Wait, so my big biggest bag, uh, Avalanche. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, well, I think technically Ethereum is my biggest, uh, but um, I don't like it. So my biggest mistake was let's see. Uh, Honestly, the, the one that just sticks out to me is that it's a really dumb, annoying mistake more than a big one is that I, I recently accepted a, a trade offer on an NFT platform yes. where they, uh, I thought they were buying my NFT for AVAX and instead I received a JPEG of AVAX and that was pretty painful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you realize straight away? Oh, right away. Yeah, right away. Uh, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but, yeah. Yep, that sucked. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a huge loss, but I was definitely annoyed at myself. No, that's fair. All things to learn from. Um, I would actually quickly ask what, is it just the games on the AVAX ecosystem that attract you guys and Thief to, you know, having launched on um, AVAX as opposed to, you know, Harmony, Phantom, Ethereum? I mean, of course, Ethereum is probably the gas, but yeah. Yeah, I think Ethereum is really the gas and, and the user experience. We just don't see it as the future of the user experience in crypto. It's, it's not uh, good enough. And Avalanche really does provide that awesome experience that we think is necessary to onboard the world. Um, and we, we think it'll scale well with subnets. So I think like Harmony, you know, there's lots of options. All of them had something lacking where I don't think Harmony, I mean, don't think Avalanche does. Um, so I think that's the the main theory and uh, we see it as a great setup for GameFi. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of great chains to build on. You know, obviously Avalanche ranks among the top chains and I think we just had a pretty good network here. We know it's uh, good people running the network at Ava Labs. Um, it's good people running the top projects around here, the DEXs and the, all the platforms. So uh, you know, Avalanche feels like home to us and we've seen uh, pretty much nothing but good things come out of here. Yeah, definitely. And and, and I know that that, that kind of uh, speaks true to, uh, for us too. So um 
but I, I mean, I think that that really wraps up um, the questions that we had. But uh, but for people that are, are listening to this podcast that um, that might not have heard of you guys before and what you guys are doing, what would you guys direct those people to do? Definitely follow the Twitter. I think it's super easy and you're going to gain valuable insights about GameFi just by following the Twitter. And then you know, if, if you feel like it's something you want to be a bigger part of, join the Discord. And I think naturally you'll you'll just get involved from there. Um, those would be my two main actions. Awesome, guys. Well, um, if you don't have anything else to to add in coins, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here. But thank you guys so much uh, for, for, for jumping on the podcast with us. We'd love to have you back in, uh, in, in, in a couple of weeks time and kind of see how things have kind of developed so far. Um, but other than that, guys, again, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for coming on this podcast and uh, everybody else have a great day.